Monday night, May 6th at the Hyatt Regency in San Francisco. You're invited to join athletes and celebs at the Bay Area Sports Hall of Fame Enshrinement Dinner. Be there to celebrate this year's class featuring Olympic swimmer Jenny Thompson, San Jose Earthquakes legend Chris Wondolowski, Niners Super Bowl hero John Taylor, Sharks icon Patrick Marlowe, and the architect of the Giants dynasty, Brian Sabian. Be a part of this star-studded evening benefiting Special Olympics Northern California. To purchase tickets, visit Bayshoff.org. That's B-A-S-H-O-F.org. We're getting you ready for the game on The Build-Up with news from around the league, interviews, highlights, and more. Here's your host, Ted Ramey. All right, good afternoon, everybody. Ted Ramey with you. Obviously, my voice is not there. So we're going to replay an interview we did with Shang Peng of San Jose Hockey Now and NBC Sports California before the last game. Hopefully, I'll be good to go tomorrow morning for Morning Tide. Talk to you then. All right. We are now joined on the Sharks Audio Network by Shang Peng of San Jose Hockey Now and NBC Sports California. Shang, what's going on, man? How are you doing? Very, very good. A beautiful day here in uh, San Francisco. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, let's see if the, the Sharks can, can keep it up. Uh, big game against Vegas tonight. Yeah, it'll be very interesting to see how this one plays out for a, a number of reasons. And let's flash back to that game towards the end of October. The Sharks rallied to take a 2-1 lead before they entered the third period and surrendered three consecutive goals. Just juxtaposing what we saw, what was roughly 20 days ago versus what we see now, the Sharks have taken a lot of steps and they're playing better, but it still seems like I don't particularly know which Sharks team we're going to see on the ice tonight. tonight. Do you feel like you know? No, I, I do not. Uh, but uh, there is a sense, though, that maybe we will get the better Sharks team. If you want to use that game in particular, maybe we'll get the Sharks team more like the second period Sharks instead of the third period Sharks. And it kind of fits in with what we've seen this season. Uh, the Sharks start off obviously 0-5-0, and, and they actually were pretty deserving of that record. Maybe there was one game they played well in, uh, the second Nashville game. Yeah. And they've been 5-4-3 and three since then. And so maybe that is more of the real Sharks. And so I think the, the trend is that they will probably get a better Sharks team. But then the next question is, is it good enough to beat a Stanley Cup contender like the Golden Knights? Yeah, the Golden Knights, very surprising. I know as of yesterday, they had the best record in the NHL. I still think that holds true. But their nine-win game or nine-streak, uh, nine-game winning streak, if I can say that correctly, did come to an end. So I feel like whenever that happens, teams tend to cool and maybe the Sharks, after winning two games in a row, are at a good time to catch a cooling team as they themselves, maybe for the first time all year, are heating up. Although they are not going to have Radim Shimek tonight. He's on IR after taking that hit to the head for Mason Shaw on Sunday. Oh, well, it's lean times in San Jose when we talk about a winning streak and it's two games. <laughs> so hopefully the, the, the Sharks can make it three games. And against, again, uh, a great team like Vegas, uh, whatever Vegas' circumstance, uh, that it still would be a statement victory. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, it would be, it would be very big. And I, you know, I'm I'm curious at this point to see how the Sharks do, um, you know, continue their style of play from one game to the next because I I feel like the game on Sunday night, like at first they weren't really inviting of the physicality. It took them a while to kind of get that aspect going to their game, but then throughout the second half of the second period into the third, it did seem like they were more up for it. And that's kind of what I'm curious about, like. It does seem like some games right from the get-go, the Sharks are about being physical or certain periods right off the jump, but it doesn't seem like it's been an entire game's worth where they've gotten engaged the same way. Well, I think it's uh, important, though, to, to note that, well, first, that 
you know, they always talk about 60 minutes of effort, but teams really cannot really, you know, it's just not, not realistic usually unless it's, you know, an angel team playing a peewee team or something like that. (laughs) And so the other team is going to push back. And so what was important about the Sharks winning against Minnesota is that's the first time and good teams do this. They can come out and play badly for long stretches and still pull out, grind out a win. Eric Carlson talked about running out a win Mm -hmm. and, it's the first cost, uh, such case of the Sharks doing that this year. And I would say that uh, teams have done that to the Sharks pretty much uh, for a, a lot of this season. A lot of their losses have been mm-hmm. sort of Sharks may have outplayed the team, like the Ducks, uh, the, the last Ducks game, right, where the Sharks clearly outplayed the Ducks for 55 of 60 minutes. But uh, those five minutes there that the Ducks uh, had the skill to come back. And so it's, a, it's important to win games like that because you're not – that's sort of the – platonic ideal but that's not you know it's hard to achieve and so so of course the sharks should aim for that to play the closest they can to 60 minutes but it's going to be vegas it's going to be hard to outplay them for 60 minutes uh what do you have to do is play well and hope some things kind of break your way be it the goaltending or you know a couple shots you take that sort of thing i've uh noticed you you know you've been asking a lot about Eric Carlson's um, propensity to shoot more this year. And, you know, Logan Couture kind of brushed it off and said, you'll have to ask him. We'd all love to be in his head because Carlson does have such a great hockey mind. And Carlson kind of talked about crediting it to his sticks um, and his sponsor there. Logan, I asked Eric and (laughs) he wasn't helpful at all. (laughs) Well, it made me laugh. But, you know, with Eric Carlson, um, watching him, you know, are you seeing anything schematically that's leading to these greater generation of chances for him? Or do you think it's him in general being more aggressive? Because I feel like both could be equally true. Yeah, um, I had to think about the schematic part of it. But the one thing that I've generally poo-pooed is people talk about, oh, now Brent Burns is gone. Uh, Eric Carlson is going to take up more of the sort of, uh, uh, or that's why Eric Carlson is better because he's not competing uh, with with Brent Burns. But if you look back at 2018-19, uh, that's when Eric Carlson played uh, his very best uh, hockey in San Jose, at least in that kind of December, January stretch mm-hmm. there where the Sharks went 16-3. and Brent Burns also was Norris Trophy finalist that year. Those two could have played together um, uh, perfectly, perfectly well if, if they were both at sort of the, they're playing at their very, very prime. Now, with Eric now, we're seeing maybe that he is returning to something like that. And I want to also mention, too, that he was actually very good to begin last season, too. People Mm -hmm. kind of forget that. But anyway, so what what I do give credence to, though, is that now, though, Eric is getting all the power play time, which he had to uh, share with Brent Burns before. And Eric Carlson doesn't doesn't have that kind of uh, that doesn't have that kind of. competition for minutes also too it's important to know too that when burns and carlson did play together on the power play that burns was often sort of the they you know they try to use him not all the time but oftentimes in sort of that that uh that ovechkin role uh mm-hmm. off, off to off to the wing didn't really work out but that that was that that was that was that was burns's role on the power play when they played together on power play and also too uh when they would put burns back up top on the on the on the power play he was also sort of the the shooter there whereas carlson was sort of the playmaker off 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 on the wall on on the power play when they played together so both of those roles burns is clearly sort of the the primary shooting option mm-hmm. uh so so you've taken away one primary shooting option so the, i would think that that does uh add to sort of uh uh, it does give Carlson maybe more of a green light to shoot too. So I think that could be, that could be, that could be schematically, I guess that could be part of it. We're talking about specifically uh power play. 
Uh, five on five, I have to look look at a little bit more yeah. uh, on that. But the numbers are are there though. I think he's averaging a uh, one more shot per game. Doesn't sound like a lot, but that is adds up though, right? That's, it like, does over yeah. season, right? Yeah, no, and it's it's good to see. And the one thing is that usually, you know, I'm watching the game up top with you uh, where the media sits. Um, the game against Tampa, I actually went with my family and, and sat down there before doing the usual post-game stuff. But, I mean, just when he would go and get the puck, I mean, he just had the eye of the tiger. I mean, I hate to sound, you know, like a like a Rocky sequel here, but, I mean, it's true. Like, he, you could see how locked in and how confident he was. And I think just that confidence that I'm sure there's a part of him that kind of goes, well, crap, I got injured last year when I was playing really well. And I'm sure that he's very eager to prove himself. But I also wonder about this, Shang, because – you know, in 2018, 2019, he was very good with the Sharks and he was their leading point scorer in the playoffs, even though he missed games. And then we look at what was happening in 2019, 2020 before the pandemic, leading point getter. And then we look the 2021 season, that 56 game abbreviated, he wasn't good. But last year, until he got injured, even with the COVID absence, he was very, very good there. So like, I feel like we shouldn't be as surprised by the Eric Carlson that we are seeing as we are all, all acting like this, I feel like this is Eric Carlson. Like if we were, if it were 2017, this wouldn't surprise anybody, right? Sure, sure. No, that's that's a, that's a fair point. Um, uh, like we mentioned, yeah, the the before he got hurt, uh, before his uh, forearm surgery in January last year, I thought he was he was terrific last year. Yeah. Uh, not quite up to 2018-19, but you know, not too far off either. Though uh, I will say 2019-20, even though the the points were there, I I don't think that. I just didn't feel like that the impact was there on a night to night mm-hmm. basis, but that's just uh, my, that's my fair. opinion. They weren't but, doing well. So it's, it's a fair <laughs> assessment. <laughs> but, but though, um, yeah, in terms of the, the surprise, I think part of the surprise though, isn't so much that he's played well, but obviously, obviously the, the, the historic numbers, yeah. he's up, right. Yeah. So 10 goals and I think 13 games to start, right. I mean, things that haven't been done since the days of the Rover, you know, like 60 <laughs> plus years. And so I think that that might be sort of a surprise because last year he did something similar. I think he was playing great uh, during, the first part of the season but his numbers look more like standard Eric Carlson I think he had like you know three goals 10 assists you know first uh you know same stretch of games last year 13 games which is a good looking number but doesn't you know doesn't get you NHL you know third start of the week doesn't get you memes <laughs> on you know the, uh, the official NHL website you yeah. know or like you know graphics you know hasn't <laughs> been done since 1937 yeah. so I think that's that's a part of it just like how uh just just how eye-popping the, the numbers are this season yeah it has been fun but i will say that's what made me appreciate maybe the win on friday night in dallas even though it was a little bit hairy there towards the end dallas a good team i was not surprised they came back but the sharks not only did they get five goals and win eric carlson didn't have a single point in that game and then you look at sunday night two assists from vlasic you had lawrence you had sturm you had benning like I feel like so much of the story has been about Eric Carlson being the, you know, the creator for the offense or waiting for Timo Meyer to wake up or waiting for Tomas Hurdle to wake up. It's like now you see team production starting to be more and more of the story, which you alluded to five, four and three since that tough start. Maybe now this is the fact that the Sharks are all getting used to, you know, David Quinn's system, each other as teammates and finally starting to gel a bit more. Right, right. And so, yeah, that definitely will be important. Uh, I wrote an article, I think, uh, about a couple, uh, maybe it's a week ago now, uh, where I talked about four positive things uh, about the Sharks at the time. I think they were three, nine and three. So it was a little tough to to dig up <laughs> four positives. But 
one of them uh, was that nobody was scoring, which doesn't sound like a positive, but you know, the oftentimes the way these sort of uh, regression to the mean, that sort of thing works, right? Or just yeah. the way things balance out, right? If a guy who he's used to scoring 30 goals a season, like a uh, Tomas Hurdle, doesn't score, uh, scores one goal in the first 10 games, chances are he's going to rebound unless, you know, he suddenly aged overnight, which happens too, but chances are he's going to yeah. rebound. And that's what we're seeing with uh, obviously Meyer and Hurdle and Couture. And it mm -hmm. is kind of making up for Carlson, uh, you know, Carlson hasn't scored in a few games here. I think overall, though, the the, the big question still, though, is that is that going to be enough when we're talking about making the playoffs, right? Because even five, four, and three in the last um, last uh, twelve games here, if you you know replicate that pace over a season, but you include that five game losing streak, that probably doesn't get you in the playoffs. Still, yeah, you haven't made up enough ground, and so uh, they'll need to kind of uh, pick up that part of it. But hey. At least uh, the the product is, is is watchable. You know, I was a little worried there at the beginning of the season, to be honest. So, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I think that it was it was a valid question, and I wasn't trying to be inflammatory when I was thinking it. And I talked to Curtis about this the other day, but it, you did wonder why is this roster better but performing worse? I mean, last year, if we go back to the same timeline, Halloween, they're out mm -hmm. seven starters from COVID, and they've got Ryan Merkley and Santri Hatika coming up, helping them win games, and like they. Like it wasn't just the hot start at that point. Like they they were after that. It was after the road trip where they had cooled down a little bit, but they were still able to get wins. And that's kind of, you know, it, my question has been is like, why is it taking them so long with an improved roster to have greater results? Because there were, you know, the, that roster last year wasn't great, but they still won 30 games. It wasn't just a 4-0 start, but they had 32 wins. And I believe the, the 56 game season, they had what would have given them 30 wins, but there was a significant drop off at the start of this season. So how much of that is these guys getting used to each other and learning Quinn's system and Quinn also learning how to use his players. Cause what we can talk, you know, systems and tactics all day long, but ultimately a coach's job more than his X's and O's is about putting a player in the best position to succeed. Right? Like where, I, I mean, I, I'm not trying to, to point blame, but what's your read on why they haven't lived up to, I don't know if expectation is the right word, but just not played as well as their roster. Um, you know, I, I would actually counter the point about how much better the roster is. Um, it's clearly better up front, but when you lose Brent Burns and you lose his okay. 25 minutes a night, and uh, even if Brent isn't uh, a Norris Trophy guy necessarily anymore, he was still a very, very good player, yeah. and he still was deserving of sort of the, the mantle and the minutes of being the Sharks' number one defenseman over the last uh, three years. And so you lose that, um, then you're not, you know, it's hard to be a better team, even though I, I do think the Sharks are better up front for sure, but you lose again, those 25 minutes. Um, yeah. I would have been actually a bit more bullish about the Sharks. I mean, predictably, if they had been able to keep uh, Burns and uh, make the forward additions and get this version of Carlson, or even last year's beginning of the season version of Carlson, I would have thought that that is actually a team that could maybe make some noise, you know? Um, and so I think on the aggregate, I'm not sure how much this team is actually necessarily better because of that. So it's hard to answer the question that way. Um, I do think that there is something to be said about players getting used to each other. Also a trip to Prague is, you know, is obviously to start the season is, is disconcerting. Um, and I always like to say that good teams will figure it out and they can overcome things like that. But if the Sharks are, were sort of an iffy or getting to know each other team, well, then we kind of saw the results of that to begin the season. So mm -hmm. um but anyway, though, yeah, so I, it's just hard for me, again, to answer that question in terms of just, like, why did has a roster kind of, quote-unquote, underperformed compared to last, you know, few seasons, last few yeah. seasons, because 
all those rosters in the end, I mean, frankly, uh, and this one may end up the same way too, performing in the end roughly, you know, what was predicted. Yeah, so. no, I mean, that's very true. I just, you know, it's, I think everybody is trying to figure out the reason why they haven't been better. Cause it, even though the sharks, I, you know, I expected best case scenario would be a bubble team, mm-hmm. but I didn't also expect them to start off as poorly as they did. But now like you re, re uh, you were alluding to, you have the regression to the mean, the sharks are maybe now coming in line with more of what we had in terms of an expectation. And I, I guess ultimately Shang, that's why there's 82 games, right? <laughs> right, right, right. And even, even if you just look at the, 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 the slow start, right? Like you're not going to win a lot of games if, Timo Meyer doesn't score in the first nine games. I mean, just the, the 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 team doesn't have the sort of the horses to mm-hmm. replace uh, a production of, of when when you're twenty minute a, a, a night forward doesn't score for nine games. Yeah. Uh, Thomas Hurdle obviously one goal in the first you know twelve 11 or so games. Yeah. I'm not putting like blame. I mean, they they tried, they had chances, yeah. they just didn't go in right. But if they don't go in though, who's scoring right? And some of the guys that you hope would fill kind of like step up and uh, and 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 fill the void uh, from uh, offseason acquisitions like Oscar Limblom, who have scored before, but they you know uh, Limblom has zero goals right now, right? Mm-hmm. But he scored seventeen before. Kevin LeBanc coming back from an injury, he scored seventeen before, mm-hmm. and he got off to a rough start, and so. Literally nobody was scoring in the first five games, and then and then and then Eric Carlson goes on this you know hot streak, and then yeah. now everybody is sort of uh, you know following along you know, and so if everyone goes on a cold streak, I mean, look if on an avalanche, if Kel McCarr, if Nathan McKinnon, if their guys go on a cold streak, even even they're going to lose some games, even yeah. though they have probably more depth to like cover up if, if if their star players go go south there for a little while but yeah no team's gonna win if if uh no matter how you defend or whatever if if your top guys your top end guys literally are putting donuts up every night oh i mean that's it was verbatim from bugner as we heard from quinn it's like we need our best players to be our best players and right. we're not getting that i mean that's just it's hard to argue with that um i mean yeah you would love depth but at the same time those those guys are getting paid the big money and they have the the status that they do for a reason um one more the goalies Mm-hmm. James Reimer looking like James Reimer, Capo Kakinen maybe not looking as good as we expected him to, especially based on what we saw towards the end of last year. Um, you know, Quinn alluded to his confidence just need be need to be built back. I feel like with Kakinen, there's been some that maybe he's been screened or maybe he didn't see it that well. Is it? I mean, I know we we do this. We overreact. Small sample size. It's 82 games, or for how many you know upper 30s, low 40s that we're going to see eventually from Kakinen. Is there anything glaring that you've seen in his game, or do you think it just hey, you gotta you gotta wait and see how this plays out? Yeah, you know, I'm never uh, really strong with my assessment of, of goalies. It's such a strange position to me. Uh, so if David says that it's it, there's confidence, then you know, then 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 that makes sense to me. Uh, so I, I haven't seen anything sort of. Um, uh like a, a sort of a trend with with Kakinen. but yeah. i will say again for Reimer and it's, and it's been put out there you know i mean good for him the last two years he's you know if going into the season the idea was a young goalie would would basically be sort of the the number one guy and and so far both times uh Reimer has kind of pushed back against that but of course though yeah like you mentioned small sample size i mean look at uh, everybody who is willing to throw Aiden Hill over, over, you know, overboard after last season. Right. Yeah. And look at what he's doing in Vegas, mm-hmm. you know, the circumstances, you know, who's playing in front of you and a lot of different things that are just confidence and feeling good about yourself, you know, uh, play so much into a goaltender's performance and Kakinen, uh, I, one thing I do feel confident in, and this is just based on people that I talk to who know the position Kakinen is a very talented goalie. Mm-hmm. And so not just talented because he's in the NHL and anybody who's in the NHL is talented. I mean, he is uh, a talented goalie 
you know, beyond other NHL goalies. And we see that in some of the saves he makes, you know, he does make a very, you know, he makes spectacular saves uh, from time to time. And so the ability is there and it wouldn't surprise me if he does figure it out and he does put up uh, a much, you know, a kind of a much better kind of uh, performance. And the Sharks will probably need it because Reimer, of course, historically hasn't played, he's never played 50 games. And so I don't think that that's necessarily what you're looking for from him, but it is good that right now he's playing fairly well. And so you have somebody you can turn to. And Captain will, you know, Reimer will probably slow down at some point, And then hopefully Captain will be there to kind of pick it up at, at that point. Yeah, Shang, always a pleasure, my friend. I will uh, see you Thursday night at the Tank, but we should have a uh, fun one against the Knights tonight, and we'll talk soon, all right? Yep, sounds good. This podcast can be found for download under Sharks Hockey Digest on iTunes, Google, and Spotify, and on demand anytime on the Sharks Plus SAP Center app, presented by Western Digital. All music by Yogi Yend.